Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. On this podcast, we will hear from women who are navigating the challenging and transformative journey of perimenopause and menopause. These women have graciously agreed to share their stories and insights, offering a raw and honest glimpse into what it's like to go through this major life transition. From hot flushes to rediscovering themselves, our guests will provide a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for anyone who's going through or will go through menopause. So grab a cup of tea, settle in and join us for a fascinating and enlightening discussion. Hello and welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. Today, we have the lovely Laura with us in the studio. How are you doing, Laura? Okay? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the studio. Great. Thank you so much for joining. Um, It's a pleasure to have you here. So, Laura, tell us a little bit about your menopausal journey. Um, So, I'm relatively new to probably recognising that I'm um, perimenopausal. Um, I only have started treatment in the last six months. But if I'm honest, if I think back, I probably um, went into early perimenopause um, in 2019 when I um, abruptly had a life-changing event which left me paralysed, requiring um, spinal surgery and then uh, subsequently having um, permanent nerve damage to my lower left side of my body, um, needing to use wheelchairs and mobility aids. Um, So at that point, kind of life dramatically changed. Um, I had severe... um, pain I was on lots of medication and life was just very different um and I you know adapted to my new lifestyle uh COVID hit and again everybody was locked down and you know it it was a shock to people that you know they couldn't go out and they couldn't do anything and life very difficult and um on reflection at that point I just kind of laughed and went ah welcome to my world (laughs) um kind of I just went into lockdown you know 18 months earlier um and it wasn't really until we started coming out of lockdown that my sort of my joint pains the insomnia the extreme anxiety um low mood um really kind of grew and got worse Mm. Um, and when I went to the doctors they said you know you've had a spinal cord injury life-changing event and we've had covid you're depressed um take some antidepressants which you know I'm a resilient person um I'm a I've been a nurse for 23 years spent 10 years working in A&E um I I consider myself to be resilient um I've had to do had to be for the job that I've done um I'm a mother of four and you know, when I was told that I would never walk again, I went, no, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I had two choices. One was basically rot on the sofa or two was take myself off to rehab and yeah. um, and fight. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I'm now a um, ambulatory wheelchair user. I predominantly use um, crutches um, and only really need to use my wheelchair if I've had a particularly bad day or if I'm going out for the full day or, you know, yeah. um, going to work um, and I'm going to be out of the house for a couple of hours then I would need to use my wheelchair um, but around the house I pretty much 
I'm good, good to go with my with my mobility aids. So being told that I was depressed just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, being being given um, antidepressants um, and being offered more morphine again, I, it, it it didn't fit with the presentation that I had. Um, and it was around this time that I did start getting a few night sweats, and at that point, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the trigger. I know. As a clinician, I've never been taught about menopause, but the, yeah. the, the stuff that I have kind of heard when we talk about menopause, you know, it was night sweats and you know, having a, a dry vagina and um, you know, difficulties having sex. And that's it. That's all I have really known and kind of joked about it. Um, yeah. And then suddenly, you know, I've got brain fog and, and I'm thinking, yeah, am I... Am I have I got dementia um and or is the brain fog due to long covid um is it due to the fact that I've got a chronic um fatigue and chronic pain you know all these things Mm -hmm. you can relate it to because the thing is with menopause the symptoms are so wide and vast that you can you know you can go and doctor google and you can decide that's what you've got um and, and no one joins the dots at all um, and in my clinical world, the work that, you know, I still work as a clinician. Um, I'm quite a senior manager in NHS doing, you know, work. And patients are coming into hospital being um, sectioned with a mental health problem. And no one's picking up that actually six weeks into these patients being inpatients in a hospital, yeah. they actually maybe it's their menopause, maybe their hormones aren't right. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen patients have um, um, electricity bolts into their head to re-kickstart their mental health and their psychosis, and actually that's not worked because fundamentally they had an undiagnosed menopause issue that being given the right treatment of um, HRT. Yeah, lifted that depression and, and that psychosis. So you know this is this is happening every day. Um, and as someone who's um, got that clinical head and that mm. and you know going through menopause, I now I'm just like, why are we not speaking up about this? Why are we why are we not doing more? Um, so for me, my, my personal kind of you know penny dropping was. Um, on Instagram, you know, good old social media. I mean, social media can be great for some things, can be bad for others. But in terms of menopause, it's 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 the go-to place. There's some fantastic um, advocates out there, and it was speaking to um, uh, Dr. Louise um, Newsom, um, who reached out to me when I did a, a um, an Instagram post, and um, you know, I then since educate, educated myself further. Um, I went to my GP initially and you know, fighted about the antidepressants and yeah. said, I don't want more morphine, I don't want antidepressants, I want HRT. I was told, no, you're too young, you don't need that. So I went away, did the research again. Um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a prescriber, you know, I've got a prescription yeah. pad. You, you don't know how close I was to just prescribing myself, you know, you can't do it, it's unlawful. But, uh, you know, it was. I was getting to that point where I was like, I understand medicine. I understand what I need. Yeah. I'm now fighting the process. So I went back to the doctor and they gave me a token um, HRT. Um, and it, I knew it wasn't right. And it was only when I um, 
again had a you know an informal conversation with Louise she said are you going to come along to my clinic and have a, a proper review because I don't quite think you're on the right medication and I learned more in that hour's appointment with the one of her doctors it wasn't with Louise but it was with one of her doctors I learned more in that hour and now I'm like oh my god don't settle for second best. if your GP is popping you off find the money it's 250 pounds and it's the best money I spent um you know, it's but it's crazy that we should have to go through, through that process. Um, and actually, consequently, the I got prescribed the correct drugs. You know, it, HRT is is not just one medication. It's and that's why it's called HRT. If it was yeah. just estrogen, it would be called estrogen treatment. Um, and I think that's the bit that we're really missing on. And I probably said I really want to push out there that you know, so many of my friends are going, oh yeah, I'm on HRT, and I ask them what they're on, and they go, oh, I'm on estrogen. No, you're not on HRT. You're you're on one platform, you know, and yeah, and and things like the testosterone, you know, that that myth that it's only to do with your sex drive. Yeah, it's absolutely not. You know, um, I've gained just over a stone um, since I've hit perimenopause, and I'm on the most strictest diet possible. Um, you know restricted to a thousand calories a day i'm measuring everything even to the point where you know on, on my app it says you know you can have a tablespoon of this or i'm i'm measuring that tablespoon because i'm not i'm not trusting to chance yeah. yeah yeah and i'm and i you know each week i'm just gaining a tiny bit and you know, people look at me and go well, there's nothing of you, what you're worrying about. Well, actually, you may think there's nothing of me, but I've gained a stone in weight. Now, for anyone who's ever pushed themselves in a wheelchair will absolutely understand that weight in a wheelchair, every, every ounce, you feel it. And when you're trying to push it around London a couple of times a week with, with work, trust me, you don't want to be carrying it extra weight. Um, so, yeah, I have struggled. Um, I am currently on um, testosterone, which is a, a huge battle with my GP because they won't accept any testosterone, even though um, my bloods indicate that the average woman should be 2 to 3 um, and I'm 0.23. So I'm not just a little bit out. I'm no. way off the mark. Um, so I, I'm currently um, paying for it privately, which is expensive. You know, it's... It's nearly £50 a month. Um, and that's not sustainable. So I am bouncing back to my GP, asking for um, the testosterone. The bloods indicate it. You know, I've got brain fog. I've got... Um, my, the insomnia is is crazy. Um, and the anxiety, you know, mm. the point that I, I don't want to leave the house, I don't want to go out. And huge anxiety, which, again, is not me. Um, yeah. Since been on testosterone i've been on about six weeks and i'm starting to feel the difference which is why i'm even more banging on the door with the gp um gp won't accept the referral from the private clinic and has said i have to go and see an nhs menopause specialist so i am now taking up a space of somebody who can't afford to have um a private appointment i was very lucky louise gifted me the appointment um so I didn't have to pay for it. I'm having to pay for the medication, but the appointment was free. But it's a lot of money, you know, £250. You know, the average person, that's half their wage for that month. Um, so 
my GP won't give me testosterone and I have to now wait for, for, the, for an NHS clinic who's going to tell me exactly what I know, exactly what's going yeah. to be. And actually, I'm taking the testosterone, kind of feel like I'm taking illegal drugs here. Um, yeah. taking it and it's starting to work. Um, you know, the second problem is it's a 31-week wait to be seen. And actually, I don't need to go to the clinic. I've been to a clinic. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, but if I was a male and I was going in to see my GP and was complaining of having a low sex drive, I'd be giving it straight away. You know, it's yeah. it, it's crazy. Um, yeah. You know, if, if I had um, bloods that came back that said I was diabetic and I needed insulin, they would be making me take it. You know, they'd be banging on my door. Why are you not taking your insulin? It, it's the same thing. You know, insulin... Um, you know, for um, hormone replacement, testosterone, estrogen, it, it's all a, um, a hormone um, replacement that we need. And, you know, well, we give out insulin, but we won't give out the rest. Antidepressants like their sweet tea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I've just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. It's so, all useful stuff, um, Laura. And it's such, you know, thank you for providing such a a, a background of, of, yeah, your story so far. So, um, yeah, abs- I totally agree with you and so many of the points that you brought up there. Um, about you know testosterone and and you know the fact that um, HRT is made up of you know three elements you know it's your estrogen progesterone and your testosterone levels um and yeah it's not one size fits all solution and a lot of the time it's trial and error in terms of dosage and we need to you know review it regularly and let it obviously of course let it settle from whatever dose your doctor gives you um and then after a period of around three months go back and you know speak to your doctor have a follow-up be proactive and make that appointment if they haven't already made that for you or suggested that you make one so no 100 percent. so with um of course uh, your your disability your physical disability as well as being menopausal is there any other challenges that you've faced um that we haven't already spoken about yeah i think probably you know when when you present with a, a physical disability everyone just makes that assumption well you know you're going to be tired because you've got chronic fatigue you're going to be uncomfortable um, because you've got um you know pain so you know, it's just a byproduct, you know. That live with it, you know. Be grateful that you've got what you've got. Um, but no, I, no, don't don't be grateful. Don't second settle for second best. Um, you know, for anyone out there that's had children, we're often told when our babies are, are little, you know, that m- mother's um, interested that something's not quite right, and it's yes. exactly the same with menopause. You, 
don't settle for second best. And you know, if you've got a little bit of hip pain, don't just assume that you know that's just a byproduct of having a long term disability. Um, mm. As you getting older, you know, the, the, the amount of people that I speak to go, well, I've been lots of medication anyway, don't really want to take any more medication. Um, oh, you know, it, I've only got a bit of night sweats, you know, it's, it could be worse. Yeah. So much better. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think people think they should just put up with it. I, and things like, um, you know, again, I, I was aware of this until um, I had my, my appointment with, at the Newton Clinic. Um, I've got a um, with, with my spinal cord injury. I've got problems with my bladder, so I've got a neurogenetic bladder, um, which makes me prone to UTIs. Yeah, yeah. prone to having difficulties passing urine. And yeah. anyone who's got a spinal cord injury will be like, "Go, yeah, of course you have. That's 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 you'd expect that." Yeah. What I didn't realise, you know, being under urologist, having you know quite invasive treatments with cameras being put inside my my bladder, which is not pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. Testing, you know, things with around you know passing urine and stuff. Um, quite invasive treatments, and at no point did anybody mention. Well, actually, are you in HRT? Because actually, we know menopause affects how you. You are unable to to void it and go to the toilet. Um, so, so no one, nobody spoke to me. You know, I'm seeing consultants in urology. No one's mentioned it. I've one conversation with Louise, and she's like, mm, "You need to have a, a tweak of your medication." And actually, I was waking up in the night, needing to go to the toilet, um, and you know, having repeated UTIs. Mm-hmm. On um, the medication, which is basically the um, I we forgot this wrong, um, the estrogen that, that goes internally, um, that's all stopped. I've, you know, I'm not waking up in the night because I need the toilet, um, which is great because actually with the insomnia, you then can't get back to sleep. Um, yeah, but you know, people think, oh, you only need to have the the tablet internally um, if you've got a dry vagina, and and people don't want to admit that it will dry vagina um yeah oh no it's that kind of british thing let's not talk about dry vaginas um but it, it's so much more than that because it isn't a dry vagina it's a it's a dried uterus and bladder which which shrinks um yeah. dry and in the process of it shrinking you are then susceptible to utis um to frequent toileting um mm-hmm. yeah so, and, and they're the things that people don't talk about and that we're not aware about. And when I've, you know, seen consultants, urologists, because I've had, um, you know, problems with um, passing urine, and this could all be resolved about two years ago. And, you, you know, I've had MRIs, numerous MRIs. Um, I've had invasive um, treatments um, and procedures. And how much is the cost of that? You know, that's... yeah. Taken, taken out the the dignity, um, the the recovery because afterwards I always get a UTI, so I'm then off work for a couple of days. Um, you know the medication. You know if you, if you costed up just having one um, procedure when when they pass a, a camera through your urethra into your bladder, you know that you know how much that costs. But actually I lose a week after that because I end up getting a UTI and I'm unwell. Yeah. 
you know, I'm then off work, I work for NHS, you know, it, it, all, it all adds up. But actually, yeah. it said, well, you know, let, let's have a look whether it could be um, perimenopause, because that's really simple. That's just a, a, a tablet that I take three times a week. Job done. Oh, absolutely, Laura. I think there's so much that needs to happen um, internally within the NHS um, to to start changing that. Just even if it was on some sort of checklist, diagnosis checklist, would... But it's would, not. As it's a, not. We follow algorithms, so we have a, a, a... You know, someone will come in and they'll come in with a, a you know, whether it be a heart problem, whether it be... Mm broken bone you follow an algorithm and you treat that and you don't look outside the box until we start working holistically across the, the forum of different specialities we're, we're not going to to link it up um yeah. it's only really when you get to the bottom of that algorithm and things aren't right there's someone scratch their head and go mm, well okay get some fees and other speciality but if you had sort of true mdt reviews would we have these problems and I think not you know in, in terms of disability when you look at spinal cord injuries and stuff and all the different you know consultants that you speak to actually if you had a multidisciplinary team that reviewed and worked together you would have a better outcome and it's mm. it is absolutely the same in mental health yeah absolutely yeah totally agree so Laura um has your menopausal symptoms affected your personal relationships at all, you know, with your with your partner, with your kids or with even with your friends? Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm incredibly lucky. I've got a very supportive husband who has stepped above and beyond um, his duties um, and is very supportive. But not everyone's that lucky. You know, I appreciate just how lucky I am um and in you know in in terms of friendships yeah absolutely i'm sure i've you know drifted away from certain friends and and navigated towards others yeah you know, mm. you know, that's in, in all, all, all walks of life things like that happen um but you know when i'm feeling so anxious about going out and doing things you know i may make excuses as to why i'm not going out or Maybe I go out and I'm not quite present in the room um, and people can take that personally. And actually, if they're also going through the menopause and they're feeling a little bit, you know, anxious and a little bit you know, self-reflective and not quite sure what they want to be doing um, and comfortable in themselves, you know, you're going to have a, a, you know, a recipe for disaster, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um... And especially if yeah, no one's talking about it, no one's really seeing what they're truly, truly feeling. Um, you know, and I think with um with encouraging that though, with you know between, um between friends and you know whoever it may be, just to say you know, I think it's my you know, I've I've got all these symptoms. I think it's perimenopause or. You know, just being open and just having that conversation can make you feel so much better and make you feel so much less alone, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it was really interesting. Um, I still see all my school friends from secondary school, so there's a there's a small group of us, and we we we've got you know the the WhatsApp group, and we 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 catch up when we can, family commitments and all. Um, and it was probably last year we we caught up and we were sitting down, and 
one of us said, oh, you know, God, brain fog. We've got dementia laughing about it. And yeah. it, you know, the penny dropped for all of us because actually we can't all have dementia. You know? yeah. <laughs> all seven, seven of us can't all be, you know, suddenly, um, you know, early onset of dementia. Um, you know, we, we were recommending the book, I don't know if you read it, um, uh, Still Alice. Um, yeah heard of it not read it myself uh, read it it's, it's very good it's about a 50 year old woman who's in academia um and she thinks that she's maybe perimenopause but it turns out she's got um dementia early onset dementia um but yeah it's it's very well written but we were kind of like saying about what, what books to read and stuff and this book came up and then that's how we then started talking about um dementia and then um or you know is it perimenopause and um yeah so it is about supporting your peers and and bits and pieces absolutely absolutely yeah so what advice would you give then laura to other women who are you know um becoming uh more aware of menopause perhaps even um could be going through it or maybe are about to go through it um, and and i probably sound like you know people probably think oh god laura's got a new, a new favorite topic to talk about um but absolutely do not put up with any symptom one symptom is one symptom too much and actually if you're on a hrt and you're still having symptoms then you're mm. not hrt if you've got mild um symptoms get them treated because actually the long-term um effects of not having treatment for it you know cardiovascularly um dementia alzheimer's what we know there's enough scientific evidence out there that indicates if you don't have the correct treatment for um, that you will you know in later life will we'll have um, repercussions of it so it, even if you you know you don't want to talk about it or tell people that you're on hrt go and investigate it have those conversations um and you know look up the the, the specialist go on instagram and follow some of the specialists and get some ideas of what other people are saying don't yeah. accept the the information that you're given by your gp we know that gps are not given training on menopause um full stop um so it's hit and miss what support you get um you know the gps are stretched they're, they're, they're giving poor care, not because they want to, but just because of resources. And menopause yeah. is way low down there on the agenda. Absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely. Just don't don't get fobbed off. Basically. No. Prioritise yourself. If that was your child that was having problems, would you just sit back and go, well, it's okay, you know, it's only mild, um, or, you know, my, my, my GP said no. You wouldn't. You would absolutely. You'd be the advocate to fight for them. So, you know, turn that inwards and, and fight for yourself as well. Self care begins, you know, with you taking care of yourself and being the advocate. Because actually, if you don't look after yourself, no one else is going to. And if you're a caregiver, whether it be to elderly relatives or you've got a small family, you know, you need to be in in the the best optimum place to be able to give. A hundred percent, Laura. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so so much for joining us today on the on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure to have you on, and I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Lovely, thank you, Nikki. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Menopause Unplugged. I hope you find the conversation to be informative, enlightening, and empowering. 
Remember, menopause is a natural part of a woman's life journey, but it doesn't have to be a lonely one. Whether you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause, my menopause coaching program can provide reassurance and guidance. Please do reach out to me through my contact details on the show description. And until next time, take care.